today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, some overtime magic happens in Edmonton, and also, we'll have a little bit of talk about theater in our Seinfeldian episode on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. How's everyone doing today on this fine Friday? I'm your humble host and your raconteur, Jason J.D. Hernandez, playing all the hits for you overnight. Welcome to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, presented by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe if you have not already, all you cool cats. And you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you hear your podcasts. And don't forget to ask your smart device to play Locked on Anaheim Ducks or Locked on NHL to get all the latest news on hockey, except for today. We're not going to talk too much about hockey, only on the first segment. I am joined once again by Sarah Avampado later today, and we're going to finish our interview. And we went off the rails quite a bit. We talked about music yesterday, and today we're going to delve more into the arts and talk about theater. So make sure you all tune in for that. You're probably all wondering why I'm talking in this NPR-inspired voice. Well, if you hear Locked on Mariners today with my colleague and good friend DC Lundberg, I'm still kind of in that NPR-ish mode where I kind of talk a little bit like this. And I figure, you know what, my voice is already not 100% because of all the smoke in the air right now. So I figure if I talk like this, I can probably hold out my voice for another few minutes without making any edits. So we're going to go ahead and get started right away and talk about last night's hockey game that took place between the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. And this was kind of a back and forth game in the first period. Nothing much happened there. It was a 0-0 draw going into the second period. And then the Dallas Stars struck first, but not before getting a couple of fine, fine chances early on, where both Robin Leonard for the Vegas Golden Knights, who, by the way, is doing an admirable job for the most part, and Anton Kudobin for the Dallas Stars, who's doing very well in his own right as well. So as far as the scoring goes, we pick it up in the second period, where Jamie Alexiak scored his fourth of the postseason, and this was a very nice goal because you know both teams were kind of out on the neutral zone. They were out in center ice. And then Blake Kumo kind of picked up the loose change, passed it off to the center, to Miro Heiskanen, and he had a nice outlet pass right before the blue line to a streaking Jamie Alexiak. And he went forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand. You get the idea. He was going backhand, forehand, went backhand, and finally scored the goal on the on the last little deke just past the pads of Robin Leonard. Right on that right side, on Leonard's left pad, and that made it one nothing Dallas. Oh my. Then we go into the third period, but before we go into the third period, let's go over just one little stat. Shots on goal. Vegas outshot Dallas 12-4 in the first. Dallas outshot Vegas 14-10 in the second. So at the end of two periods, it was 22-18 shots on goal for the Vegas Golden Knights. The third period... Everything changed. The ice tilted in the direction of the Vegas Golden Knights. I'll just say right right now, Vegas outshot Dallas 18-4. to 
in the third period, 18-4. to four. It was all Vegas, well, or so we thought. Vegas ended up on a power play early on in the third period, and Shea Theodore, that guy once again, scored on the power play with heavy, heavy traffic to make it a 1-1 tie. Uh, the Corsi King, Jonathan Marcheseau, and Stonewood get the assists on that one, and Shea Theodore scores his seventh of the postseason. Then we had what should have been saved, Jamie Benn from the left dot, or from the left faceoff dot, scored what should not have been a goal. It went right through the five hole of Robin Leonard, and frankly, that's one that Leonard should have saved. That one's all on him, where he just didn't close up on time. Jamie Benn looked like he may have tried to pass it there, but kind of faked out, went towards the net. But still, if you're Robin Leonard, you gotta close those pads and make sure nothing gets through. He didn't do that. It was 2-1 Dallas. Then with even more traffic later in the third, Mark Stone scores his seventh of the postseason. Or wait, did he really? Apparently he did. There may have been a little bit of goalie interference, but the ref said no, he was just outside the crease. So it's a good goal. We play on. So after three periods, it would go into overtime. And then only 31 seconds into overtime, Jamie Benn passed it to the center. And then Joe Pavelski went to his left side. A beautiful cross-ice pass to Alexander Radulov, who scores post and in. And that would be the game-winning goal. Radulov with his eighth of the postseason. And the Dallas Stars win game three of the series. 3-2, to two, and they now lead the best-of-seven series two games to one. Quickly over some stats, Vegas outshot Dallas 40-23 to 23 in this game. Dallas did get more hits. Vegas was 1-for-4 on the power play. Dallas 0-for-1 on their only chance. Dallas, once again, needs to limit their penalties. So we'll see how game four goes. And just to give you a weekend update, Friday will be game three. Three between the Islanders and the... Who are the Islanders even playing? Oh, they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. That will be on USA Network, not NBCSN, Friday night. Saturday's Game 4 between the Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights will be on NBC, the big network. And then Sunday's Game 4 between the Lightning and the Isles will also be on the big network on NBC. Check your local listings for the times on that one, but they will both be either, I think one's a night game, one's an afternoon game. So make sure to check out NHL.com and see the scheduling for that. We're going to head into the first intermission, and this will be the last you hear from radio, Jason. And I'm going to take you through the weekend and say thank you all once again for listening, and make sure to email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com if you really liked the program. This is brought to you by Built Bar. We're, we're going to talk about Built Bar for a minute and tell you that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the land. They have some new flavors, including cookies and cream. Doesn't that sound delicious, folks? These fabulous protein bars are made in a nut-free facility for those of you that have any type of nut allergy. They're only 130 calories. They are packed with protein, only 4 grams of sugar. So once again, check out BuiltBar.com and enter promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. 
Once again, that is BuiltBar.com. And don't forget to check out their Built Boost Drink Enhancers, which you can definitely use on these smoky days here in Southern California. So once again, that's BuiltBar.com. Promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land that tastes like a candy bar. Oh yeah. Coming up after the first intermission, I'm going to finish my conversation with Sarah Avampado, and her and I are going to take you into the weekend. So have a good weekend, everyone, and we will see you on the other side. So we've talked a lot about music. We have not talked about theater yet. And I know we've both mentioned that in the past. Yeah, we haven't talked about theater yet. But we're both kind of theater geeks, although you've said that you're more of a musicals person. I used to be more of a plays person, and then I've become more of a musicals person as the years have gone on. And I have a couple people specifically to blame for that. And if one of them is listening. You know who you are. <laughs> I blame you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are some of your favorite musicals that you have seen? Well, my the, the current favorite, and it's one of those things where, like, it's it's a shame that, you know, everything has, like, limited engagements over on, on Broadway and that things don't just exist forever, um, is I saw the Oklahoma revival that was it, it won some Tonys and it played for a limited amount of time in in New York and I knew that I had wanted to see it and then just in general because Oklahoma I was also a music nerd growing up and Oklahoma was the musical my freshman year of high school and I played in the pit orchestra so I always have fond memories of it anyway um and so I wanted to see it and then it got a bunch of really good reviews from people who I really trust and so I was like okay you have to go see this before it closes and so I book tickets to New York over uh, the Christmas holiday and I went to go see it and ended up becoming so obsessed with it that I actually like looked at my calendar and the musical was closing within about a month and I looked at my calendar and I was like when can I go back to New York to see this (laughs) which is like an absurd decision but I was like I need to see this again like I didn't see enough of it and it's a very interesting um presentation because it's like theater in the round essentially so like you can see the show six times and sit in six different seats and you're going to get six different experiences of the show because sometimes like <laughs> the cast's back to you is but their back is to you or sometimes you're going to see someone's facial expressions who you couldn't see before because of whatever so you you kind of need to see it extra times like is how I'm rationalizing it to myself uh so I I booked tickets again to go back to New York like a a couple weeks later and there happened to be weather at that point in time and my flight was delayed and then it was delayed some more and then it was delayed some more and I was like okay we can still we can still do this we can still make this happen Uh, and then 
we, you know, we're, we're flying into LaGuardia and then all of a sudden the plane starts ascending again. And I was like, this isn't how it's supposed to go. Well, your first mistake was flying into LaGuardia. <laughs> I know. Well, LaGuardia, I, I, it's the easiest one to get into the city because you can actually take public transportation there. I have, I have many defenses for why I like to, I prefer to fly into LaGuardia. No, um, no. <laughs> Ask but any so, New Yorker. They don't want to fly into LaGuardia. More for me. <laughs> but so we got diverted to Albany. And then our pilot and the crew like timed out because they had been working for too long. And like the pilot wasn't allowed to like, we almost were able to turn back around and go back to New York. But then like the pilot himself wasn't cleared to like land invisibility <laughs> lower than like X percent or whatever, because he like, he, he said that like, he's been a pilot for like 40 years, but he was new to flying that specific model of plane. Are and so kidding? like the FAA has all these crazy, like it was like literally everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Oh and so God. they, they flew, they, they dropped us off in Albany and then they were like, well, we, you're out of luck. Like we can't, we don't have another plane for you. We don't have another crew for you. And so they were going to bus us into New York city, but, and like, you know, the bus would have gotten me there like just about in time, but the bus was going to drop us off at LaGuardia. And I was like, but I I need to be in Manhattan at seven. I don't need to be the, like all, all the, so long story short, I rented a car and I freaking drove myself (laughs) from Albany to Manhattan, I, I picked a car rental return spot that was like literally down the block from the theater. I just like hurled the car at the guys, shoved all my stuff in my backpack, and like hoofed it down the street to get there, like right as they were starting to open doors and let people in. Nice. And it was the most absurd thing I've ever done. And I would do it again in a heartbeat because it was <laughs> such a good show and it's such a good story to tell people, like, of the ridiculous things that I have done. For, for things that I enjoy. Um, so I, I almost feel like I have to say that it's my favorite musical uh, just because of the crazy lengths I went to to go see it last year. I, I cannot top that at all. I really can't <laughs> as far as absurdity goes. So I'm not going to try. <laughs> um, my favorite music, I have two of them. And I know these are going to be typical answers. I mean, Wicked is a favorite, but my actual favorite is Avenue Q. Oh, yeah. I I love raunchy puppet, and I love that humor. Plus, I love the fact that it is an ever-changing show because at the very end of the show, that last song that says Only For Now, and they always change up stuff that is happening but only for now. You know, they're slight... I mean, stuff is certain in life, except for death and paying taxes. And they say, <laughs> for now. When Obama was president, they never once said Obama. But when Trump became president, oh boy. The last time I saw <laughs> Avenue Q, they let that one rip. And they were very harsh on that. Now, on the soundtrack, the actual soundtrack, it says George Bush. But it varies from whatever crappy thing is going on in the country. (laughs) So it changes every time. I must have seen Avenue Q about four times. Also, the last time I saw this, I don't know how familiar you are with Avenue Q. Are you familiar? I I was, was, yeah, like back back in the day. So I haven't seen the like, you know, when they they change stuff in it. But back in the day, 
I, I was with it. <laughs> okay, so you saw it live at least once, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So do you remember the song where they talk about the Canadian girlfriend? Yes. <laughs> and they reference Canada so much that the last time I went to see <laughs> Avenue Q, and I'm not even kidding when I say this, there's a song later on in Avenue Q where it says, Give us your money. So they pass around the hat. And they and I don't know if they do this where you were at, but they do pass a hat. Did they do that for you? <laughs> yep. Yes. So one time they passed the hat and s- someone left a Metro card, an expired Metro card in the hat. <laughs> so me being the smart ass that I am, I said, no, I'm I'm going to make him laugh. So, you know what I left in the hat? I left a Canadian ten, was, I left a Canadian yep. $10 bill in there. Yep. <laughs> and that threw them for a loop. And they're like, "Oh, there's a couple dollars." And they look like and they're like a kid, like at first they're like, "What the hell is this?" Like, "What what is this?" When you like Canadian Surprise. money is useless. And of course, me being the <laughs> smart ass that I am, you know, me yelling out for the Canadian girlfriend. Everybody was bawling at that point. <laughs> and the look on That's the amazing. actor's face, they were just incredulous. Like, well, damn. Like, he, he got like, well, us. Can't beat that. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, I left a Canadian $10 bill on a, in a Broadway show. That's amazing. <laughs> One of my favorite theater moments ever. Uh, but Phantom of the Opera is another favorite of mine have seen that in different locations saw it in la saw it in vegas but my favorite time that i saw phantom by far was in new york city and it's not even close that's my favorite (laughs) theater memory of all time and i know why so that's easily my favorite phantom uh les mis is in toronto yeah nice yeah it's my mom it differed from Vegas and New York because Vegas, their version was about two hours and they focused more on the visuals. Phantom in New mm-hmm. York focuses more on the story and it's the full version of Phantom of the Opera. I I loved it. Loved it so much for various reasons. But um, other Broadway shows that I liked a lot, I mean, I've been talked about um, Lion King I liked a lot. Matilda, I thought, was a fun time. I just realized another thing that COVID has <laughs> taken from me. And I was supposed to go see Hadestown over July 4th. Oh, that would have been and, fun to watch. And because, like, I, the, the woman, Anais Mitchell, who wrote Hadestown, is like a folk singer. And she, so I've, I've known her before her music before Hadestown even became a thing from knowing her career and, you know, kind of the, the concept album that she put out years and years ago of many of the songs that now make up the musical. And so like have been like dying to see it and had tickets and was very excited to go back to New York and then COVID. Um, and they of course, you know, bumped our bumped my tickets to like next year instead. But yeah. yet again, another thing that I was like super excited about. And then, now I'm like, well, here we go, 2021. Yay. Since we're going off on like folksy type music, um, Once is another one of my favorite shows that I ever saw. Once is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Waitress I liked 
way more than I thought. But one that still hits home for me, and I'm going to give some love to my Canadian friends here, is Come From Away. If you've seen that or if you haven't, I highly, highly recommend Come From Away. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen and one that took uh, me by surprise. Yeah, so I... I whew, that one was emotional because of the content, because it revolved around everything happening with 9-11 and the planes had to divert to Gander, Newfoundland. But what really got us is the music was so unexpectedly good that we were surprised. We were surprised by how drawn in to the music we were with Come From Away. And I, I think we liked it more than we anticipated. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that one. I haven't seen it. I'll put it on the list for when things happen again. What's what's some other musicals that you liked watching? I really, <laughs> I lo- I've seen um, Book of Mormon like three times, and it just like it, it, the humor is what you expect it to be, given that it's from the guys who did South Park. Um, but the first time I saw it, I definitely was like laughing so hard I almost cried. Like just. It, it was it, it was not a friend of mine like her mom was coming to town and she was like do you think my mom like she, do you think I should take my mom to go see that and I was like no <laughs> do not take your mom to go see this show like I know your mom and I know she will not appreciate any of the humor in this show uh-huh. um, but I, I thought about it a lot when I was in I was in Salt Lake City last year um, for a couple of days and I definitely just thought about that musical the whole time <laughs> any any others play the king and i is the only musical i've ever been paid to be a musician for nice um i did it right after i graduated high school and they paid me like a hundred dollars and you know what back in like 2000 what's it like that was a pretty good deal for a 18 year old you know if we're gonna end on this route a play that i was in back when i was at uc riverside I was part of the Gluck Fellows. Only those at UCR know what that means, but I was a Gluck Fellow. And the first play that I did there was uh, King Stag, where I was Leandro, one of the, I guess, not minor characters, but a secondary character. That was a lot of fun to do back then. Uh, But the favorite musical that I've been in, and this is not close, Les Mis. I have a friend who fell asleep while she was watching Les Mis <gasps> in the theater. And I'm still baffled by this. How? Like, she slept through the whole, like, second act. <gasps> and I, I don't... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was like, I woke up and it was over. I was like, what? Oh, the shame. <laughs> oh, oh, the humanity. Yeah, yeah. We, we could probably end on a higher note instead of falling asleep on a musical. <laughs> Um, and this is going to come back to sports for the last one. Another musical that I ended up... Is it the Cow Palace? No. no. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the Cow Palace. (laughs) Um, so about a... Good lord. So about a (laughs) day... You brought this on yourself. (laughs) I did. Worst arena ever. Um, so about a decade ago, went to New York... And ended up watching Magic Bird, which didn't last for too long, but it was a Broadway play about 
the life of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, but it did not focus on basketball. The play focused more on their friendship and their lives because there's a couple big moments of the play that there were still some people in the theater that had no idea about. And a big focus of the play was when Magic made the announcement that he had HIV. So it was a very strong, emotional, powerful production, but it was extremely well done and got to meet both actors. And that's still one of those kind of really unexpectedly good shows that I didn't think I was going to get a lot out of it, but ended up having a really good time watching Magic Bird and Broadway. Hmm. It was a good one. I like it. Yeah. So there. We came back to sports after all. See? See, folks? In yeah, this, we made it. In this Seinfeld-esque show about the arts, we still made it back to sports just in time to wrap up. <laughs> so, Sarah, <laughs> um, where can everyone find your podcast? Where can they find you on these socials? The podcast is your oyster right now. So speak away. Speak away, ooh, please. Ooh. Uh, I am on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. So if you want both hockey takes and occasionally I do go off the rails and start tweeting about <laughs> music or something, uh, you can find that at Right Said Sarah. If you want to stick just to hockey takes, you can find it at Locked on LA Kings, which is the Twitter of the podcast. And uh, if you want general hockey takes, you can go to Locked on NHL pods on Twitter uh, to follow along with the Locked on NHL podcast, uh, of which I host the Monday and co-host the Wednesday editions of the show. Yay. Get well, Justin. Uh, You can hear my podcast, which is Locked on Ducks right here because you're listening to it. Wow. Where did that come from? (laughs) That was awful. I'm going to leave this in. Uh, you can hear on Twitter. No, you can't hear on Twitter. Whatever. Okay. I mean. The Twitter is at, <laughs> it's at LO underscore ducks. You can ask your smart device to play locked on Anaheim ducks, because if you tell it to play locked on ducks, it'll be confused and think it's from Oregon or it'll confuse it for duck hunt. I don't know. <laughs> uh, personal Twitter at Stimpy JD. I'm on there. Um, I'm going to go really off the rails here. If you want to follow on Instagram, you could follow my dog on Instagram. I've never revealed this, have I? No, you haven't. And I'm opening Instagram right now. Oh, crap. (laughs) So my dog has an Instagram account. It's really awesome. Uh, You should (laughs) check out Daisy the Dodger Dog. It's just Daisy the Dodger Dog. And there are pictures of a dog Look on at her there. Little ears. It's it's always the ears. So if you want to follow my dog on Instagram, there you go, Daisy the Dodger Dog. That's how much we're going off the rails today. We talk about dogs. We talked about the arts. Talked about music. Yeah, guys, you have to go follow this dog. She has one ear up, one ear down. <laughs> like that's the perfect dog. She's watching me right now. Uh, Sarah, anything else you want to plug while we're here, while we're having fun? Seriously, literally go follow this dog. She's adorable. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. We've been talking for a while. I'm going to leave all this in, and it's just going to be fun. All right. Thanks once again for coming along. I appreciate it. 
we're completely off the rails, but it's been fun. Yeah. Oh. You know, there's no rails left. Hockey's gone. Yeah. That. That reminder that neither of our teams have played hockey for six months. So please, oh. please continue listening to our shows. That way we can keep rambling about random stuff. We're going to get back to hockey talk. Don't worry. Once the draft comes closer, we're going to get back to that. Trust me. Another month till the draft? Oh, man. We might have more shows like this. Stay tuned, folks. (laughs) Sarah, thank you once again. Thanks for having me. Next time I'll talk about the furthest trip I've ever taken for a concert. Ooh, that could be fun. All right. (laughs) For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I was Jason J.D. Hernandez. And for Locked on Kings, I still am allegedly Sarah Avampato. (laughs) And we're saying stay cool, stay safe, be kind to one another, and I guess SoCal hockey fans flock together. Is that how we're going to end this one today? Quack? (gasps) You're going to... You quacked! Oh my god! Quack. Quack, quack, quack. That took me by surprise. I I can't I, I can't speak anymore. I told you I do it and surprise you sometimes. <laughs> okay, ducks fly together, everyone. Oh.